Welcome to the EAST CareerCast, brought to you from the EAST section of career development. I am Stephanie Montgomery from the Medical University of South Carolina, and in this section, we are pleased to have Dr. David King with us. Dr. King completed his fellowship at the University of Miami Jackson Memorial Hospital and is now a trauma and acute care surgeon at the Massachusetts General Hospital Trauma Center. And we are very pleased that he could spend some time with us today discussing um, a very important topic, physician burnout, um, how to identify, cope, and conquer the elephant in the room. So let's get started. Now, I know this seems to be an often used phrase, but could you really define for us what burnout is and why is it important for us to discuss it? So defining burnout in this, in our population, uh, may be somewhat more challenging than uh, in, in other populations, but uh, and a variety of definitions have been proposed for sure, uh, particularly uh, within uh, the physician uh, group and subgroups, that is physicians versus surgeons versus trauma surgeons uh, versus general surgeons. Uh, but I think generally um, – most people agree that uh, burnout is the point at which your job, um, the displeasure of your job, uh, starts to affect your uh, perception of the joyfulness with which you perform your job and how that can sometimes bleed over into your personal life. Of course, the two are naturally uh, interconnected despite sometimes our desire to uh, try to keep those separate. So you think, why would you think that that particular, why would that be important for us to discuss it? I mean, I'll Well, um, if, if we look at um, other uh, populations of physicians, uh, it seems that burnout is generally underreported. Uh, and, of course, probably is, is underreported because of a perception or a stigma that, um, that admitting to or categorizing uh, yourself as perhaps being burnt out or proceeding down the pathway of burnout um, is uh, weak or makes you a less better physician or, or uh, any one of a variety of adjectives you might, uh, you, you, you might assign um, inappropriately uh, to to someone who admits that. Uh, so, you know, we think of it as the elephant in the room uh, because based on a, a variety of surveys, including the survey uh, that my research team administered to the um, to the East member uh, population, um, there is more than just uh, a few of us who uh, have uh, indices of uh, behavior that is associated with burnout, um, and if we are if if we are to propose that uh, we're going to be the custodians of our craft, that is, um, East as an organization that promotes the uh, growth and well-being of trauma surgeons, particularly young trauma surgeons at the beginning and uh, middle stages of their career, uh, if we're going to call that our wheelhouse, um, then we're obligated to address this issue because 
this is an issue being experienced by more than um, just a few of our members. You kind of touched on this in the in the last answer, but how do you think that our choice of field, i.e. surgery in general and trauma in particular, affects us as a profession in regards to burnout? And do you think that as a field that we really recognize the impact burnout has on us on an individual and specialty level? Uh, so I think it's I think it's generally under the effect is generally underappreciated. Of course, um, we never really know what the true numbers are. Uh, all the information we have uh, from the East population, but also uh, benchmarked against uh, other large populations like uh, the internal medicine population, general surgeons, uh, U.S. general surgeons, and then U.S. Pop, non-physician U.S. general population. Uh, we, um, when we look at um, our performance, that is, our um, uh, the occurrence of uh, indices of burnout in uh, in East versus other populations, we recognize that uh, it, it certainly it varies by job. But at, but at the end of the day, all these indices are still self-reported, uh, and it it it. it it might make one question that the incidence of burnout could likely be much higher than is currently reported. Uh, and because we're depending on self-reporting, it it's conceivable that uh, some members or, or some surgeons, uh, for the reasons cited earlier, that is the uh, associated um, uh, stigma or label that might be applied even if that label is self-applied, right? It's an it's an anonymous survey, but sometimes even self-applying that label in your head can have some um, uh, undesirable effects. Uh, might lead one to believe um, that a significantly greater proportion of trauma surgeons are suffering from uh, indices of burnout than than that which we uh, know from self-reporting. Do you think you have any advice for our listeners for how to recognize burnout in themselves? Uh, well, yes, certainly. Uh, so the dysphoria uh, is a, a, a dysphoria related to work um, is a commonly um, cited uh, symptom of burnout. Uh, so when coming to work becomes the worst part of your day, um, one might argue that it's it, that um, it, it's too late then that we should be identifying and intervening on ourselves or on our colleagues uh, before it uh, before it reaches that point. So if if a colleague is overtly dysphoric every day he or she shows up to work, uh, probably um, there have been hidden symptoms or hidden findings of uh, of burnout long before the overt uh, dysphoria presents itself to, uh, to, to those around you. Um, but, but identifying that in yourself obviously requires some introspection, uh, and sometimes that I suspect is difficult for us to admit. Uh, no surgeon wants to admit that um, that he's unexcited 
to go to work uh, to do the next colectomy or he's unexcited for another um, uh, multi-trauma patient to come in. Uh, it's not that the it's not that that physician is incapable. In fact, it's usually quite the opposite, right? They're perfectly capable. They've just lost enthusiasm for it, and that manifests in a variety of ways. Uh, the end game of which is overt dysphoria um, for your job, uh, and and hopefully uh, through introspection we can identify within ourselves. Um, uh, changes along that pathway uh, or or findings along that pathway and intervene um, before it becomes overt. Have you personally experienced burnout in your career? And if so, could you tell us a little about it? Like, how did you first recognize that there might be a problem, if that's been a problem for you? Uh, so uh, it, it certainly has. And uh, if you look at our, our population, for example, uh, the East population, uh, about three-quarters of us um, self-reported in, in our survey some occurrence of an index of burnout at some time in the past handful of years. Um, and usually it seems those occurrences are associated with episodes of uh, high clinical activity. So uh, as may occur for example, when uh, several partners are out of town and you're taking twice as much or three times as much call as you might normally take condensed in a small period of time, um, it's, it's, it's not unreasonable or, in, or inconceivable that, um, that that may be a difficult time for any surgeon. Now, there, there was a uh, – there, there certainly was a – a time when um, when wearing your your burnout on on your exterior overtly but but um, but covering it with the disguise of curmudgeonliness used to be a badge of honor uh, and, and you can think back to maybe uh, a decade or two ago or more um, when the prototypical angry, grouchy um, surgeon that uh, roamed the halls in the wee hours of the morning was commonplace. Um, and for some reason, that used to be accepted as uh, normal and okay. And sometimes the dysfunctional behavior that, that comes from that attitude was also dis dismissed as being uh, okay. Um, What's become clear is, first, that's not okay anymore. Uh, we, we, we cannot and should not uh, behave like that. Uh, it's not okay to be rude to colleagues with the excuse of, well, I'm just tired or I'm just a surgeon and this is how I should be. Uh, and I would, I would uh, be as bold as to suggest that much of that was uh, surgeons with some degree or some manifestations uh, of burnout that um, could have and in the future should be dealt with before it gets to that point. What suggestions do you have for practical ways for us to prevent burnout? Yeah, so, you know, the, the, the answers roll off the tongue easily. 
uh, executing in real life uh, is a much, much bigger problem. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the answer, of course, is easy, and, and, and that is to, to strike a reasonable uh, work-life balance. Well, what, what does that mean? Um, it, it's very cliche uh, to, to say that, especially in a, in a career where the patient must always come first. Um, and so one might argue that establishing a good work-life balance where somebody else is always the center of attention, not you, uh, is impossible. And I would say that that's not true. On some nights it may be impossible. It, it is the, um, the embodiment of, uh, of a, a, a dedication to a specialty that um, requires, unfortunately, or fortunately, some sleepless nights. Uh, I mean, after all, it, it is an honor to, to take care of those in their greatest time of need, and we need to embrace that. Um, but uh, on the other hand, there there comes a point um, where we as a group must insist on caring for ourselves and um, and 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 creating this so-called mystical work-life balance um, requires an investment into our into our own physical and mental health. Um, so uh, that, what, what that means in, in a practical sense is, um, sure, the patient has to come first when you're on call, but when you're not, the, the sense or the dedication uh, to schedule time for yourself to exercise and to make good, um, uh, healthy uh, food choices and uh, to carve out and dedicate time to spend with your spouse or your family or, or children. Uh, and if, if your entire life becomes or revolves around uh, your job, a shallow person you shall become, a shallow and alone person. Uh, and so we struggle with that, the, all of us do, um, to, to, to create that, that right balance. And sometimes it's difficult on a post-call day to uh, put on your happy face and, um, and smile at your family and make it to the gym for an hour and so on. Uh, but those small investments um, are are invaluable because they're investments in our own well-being, which is required to maintain our patient's well-being. Unfortunately, uh, our, our survey the East membership would suggest that uh, our, uh, a sizable proportion of us uh, don't invest enough in ourselves. And um, that, in the short term, is probably uh, inconsequential. Uh, but in the long term, over months or years, uh, will almost certainly uh, lead to terrible burnout and work dissatisfaction and uh, perhaps even uh, permanent dysphoria and, and loss of a, of a trauma surgeon from the workforce. Uh, so that which we propose to entirely prevent by mentoring young uh, and uh, middle career surgeons uh, is something which we are creating by not properly investing in ourselves. 
So how can we be on the lookout for burnout in other faculty and our surgical trainees? Yeah, so uh, certainly trying to recognize um, when our uh, partners are, are becoming uh, dysphoric is important. Um, and uh, every, uh, everyone can have an occasional uh, difficult day. That, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, what, what we're looking for is uh, repetitive, um, uh, recurring uh, behavior, uh, or even um, uh, alteration of an otherwise um, a positive affect that is persistent over time and perhaps even decaying. And when we see that in our in our colleagues, um, we should probably be having a conversation with them about uh, how uh, how they're feeling and how we can help. Should we help? How can we intervene? Uh, and intervention doesn't necessarily mean professional counseling. Uh, the, the science of, of burnout suggests that uh, if, if caught early, most of these cases can be aborted by making small lifestyle changes. Um, and, and, and lifestyle changes means investment in oneself. Uh, and, and, and often, as surgeons, we, again, we get caught up. In, in that which is caring for another and in that process neglect ourselves. And sometimes all we need is uh, a, a, a nudge or a readjustment from a colleague who recognizes a pattern of behavior that's maladaptive uh, and maybe a tap on the shoulder uh, uh, over, um, uh, you know, a, a, a convert, over a, 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 an otherwise uh, – um, over another conversation one evening that just says, hey, um, you know, something doesn't seem right to me. Can, uh, I'd like to, to talk to you about it. And uh, and in many cases, that's, that's all that's needed is is to to make that surgeon aware that um, that there's perceived changes in in his or her affect. And that may be just enough uh, to induce that physician uh, to adjust their priorities and uh, hopefully um, reprioritize the importance of their own mental and physical health. So let's say that I'm a faculty member and what you're saying is ringing true for me and I feel like I'm, I am affected by burnout. I'm, I'm getting there. What should be my next step? Uh, I, I think the next step has to be uh, fair introspection and understanding um, why certain behavior or why the maladaptive behavior is manifesting. Uh, is, it, is it simply because uh, the clinical workload is, is just too high and is non-sustainable? Um, and maybe that results in an adjustment in uh, the call schedule or hiring an additional partner. Um, more likely, though, it's it's not that. More likely, it's it's as I mentioned, the the failure to invest in oneself. And if that introspection 
um, results in a conclusion that says, uh, hey, listen, uh, I'm taking the same amount of call I've always taken, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling more and more dysphoric. But, gee, look at, uh, you know, I look back at myself over the past six months. I used to go to the gym three times a week. I hardly get there once a month now. Um, uh, I, I, I used to eat, um, you know, six servings of uh, vegetables a week. Now I eat none, and I'm hitting the drive through on the way home from, from the hospital every night. Uh, th- these are changes um, that no one else is likely to recognize, but with some reasonable introspection, um, surgeons can identify in themselves and, and make critical changes. And, and sometimes uh, those changes involve your your own behavior, and uh, sometimes maybe they even involve um, the behavior of your support system, uh, such as your family and your partners. Uh, you know, if you're feeling burnt out, uh, perhaps the 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 support system that you have should be engaged. Uh, for example, your spouse or brothers and sisters and so on, uh, who can sometimes uh, be very helpful in uh, in identifying areas where you might choose to uh, reinvest in your own mental and physical health. Uh, sometimes the a, a, a third party uh, observer can see more about you than you can see about yourself. This is a great segue into one of our questions, like how do you broach the topic with your family and your colleagues or your boss if you're feeling that you're burnt out? How do do you do that? So, right, that that can be quite a challenge, uh, especially on the – in the uh, professional environment of work. Uh, Again, if if you think back a few decades, uh, there was a time – when uh, nary a surgeon would ever go to a partner, let alone a uh, division chief or department chair, and admit that they're feeling burnt out from work. Uh, I, I, I'm sure it's happened at some point in history, but uh, I expect uh, with near certainty that that it, that in in the 80s, for example, or 70s would have been a near unheard of conversation. Um, and uh that that's not that's not okay that that is a conversation that can and and should take place uh especially if we're if we're truly committed to the to the greater mission of um of preserving our specialty as uh, as a as a viable profession and organization uh and as as a vocation uh, it, it, there has to be some resiliency, and that resiliency is lost when we're defeated by uh, by recurrent burnout and early retirement and so on. Uh, so that's a conversation that probably should happen uh, and needs to happen uh, if that individual uh, can't reconcile it through some reasonable introspection within themselves and 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 with their family uh and their support system which may or may not necessarily be family but whoever whoever is within your personal uh support system uh you know if 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 you feel like that's uh not working for you then then perhaps uh that is a point where um you should be reaching out to your partners uh and uh perhaps even uh your boss 
Uh, an alternative, of course, uh, because of the perceived stigma of of anyone admitting that uh, that that they might be along the pathway of of burnout, certainly is to engage um, um, in uh, occupational health, uh, um, uh, psychological or psychiatric support services. Um, all hospitals have them. Uh, usually they're anonymous or almost always, to my knowledge, anonymous. Um, uh, probably that that's not the first step, but um, if if other steps are failing and uh, and uh, physicians are still feeling the misery uh, of burnout and are reluctant to uh, approach their partners or boss about that, uh, that's probably a reasonable um, next step. And the final question, are you aware of any resources for doctors and physicians that are feeling this burnout? Uh, so there is a there is a, a a litany of of online uh, resources available. Uh, I, I think we could uh, probably assemble a a a fairly robust list and uh, and post to the website. Uh, but but a quick a quick Google search uh, of uh, career burnout will will produce hundreds of hits, and specifically physician burnout uh, will 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 produce a, a wealth of, of information. And and dare I say, to, to educate oneself, uh, a trip to PubMed to search for surgeon burnout uh, will reveal um, a, a host of extremely enlightening uh, publications uh, on this topic from, uh, from behavioral health experts who, who have spent a better part of their lives researching this. Um, there are, there, there are, there is tons of literature available and uh, and many many resources uh, for physicians who are feeling dysphoric with respect to their job uh, and uh, and I, I think uh, in 2015 um, we need to recognize um, as East members that this is real uh, and um, the, the the stigma should 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 go away and we should recognize. Uh, that if we're truly interested in, in, in preserving ourselves, that um, uh, this is a, a worthy investment in the recognition uh, that some of us, at least uh, in our survey of the East population, up to uh, a quarter of us have some indices uh, of uh, burnout specifically related to our job as, as acute care surgeons. Well, on behalf of the East Section of Career Development, I would like to thank you so much, Dr. King, for taking time to speak with us today. My pleasure. And I am Stephanie Montgomery, and I hope you enjoyed the program. And when you find a moment of time, please visit the East website at www.east.org for more East Career Cast and other valuable information. Thank you. Dr. King, this is Jamie Coleman. That was great. Thank you so much. Good. Sorry about the beeper at the end. I thought I put that on vibrate. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know, it just kind of illustrated the point of uh, <laughs> right. the time. Yeah, talking about perfect. burnout. Sorry, I'm doing two <laughs> things at once here. <laughs> multitasking. So, two quick questions for you. One is, do you find that physicians recognize the burnout themselves, or do you think it's something that gets brought to them? In other words, a spouse or a family member or a colleague, like you mentioned, it's like, hey, you know what? You're not really been yourself these days, or you know what's going on. Like, yeah, so how do you the, feel like it really works? So the, the science would suggest that um, 
that physicians become self-aware long before colleagues uh, really? uh, notice uh, changes in behavior. The problem, of course, is that being self-aware doesn't necessarily result in self-action. Uh, and action is often only taken uh, once, uh, once uh, changes in behavior become overt. So uh, this is where the, the importance of... Um, of um, confiding or consulting or approaching uh, a professional colleague or family member or someone in your support system becomes very important uh, because many physicians will be uh, acutely aware that they're feeling dysphoria, um, but uh, for, for whatever set of reasons won't act on it. And sometimes all it takes is a few kind words from uh, a third-party observer uh, to tap that person in the right direction, uh, and sometimes when that physician uh, gets that tap, they realize, oh boy, I've been feeling like this for six months, and now somebody else noticed, maybe it's time to do something about it. And what do you feel like really helps the most? I mean, do you think people need like a sabbatical, you know, time to really contemplate? I mean, you mentioned introspection, and you mentioned change in behaviors, but do you feel like that's usually enough, or do you think people need outside help, whether it's from a counseling-type situation or, you know, to really identify a mentor within the community to help them with it. Sure. So, uh, you know, it depends where you fall on the burnout spectrum. Um, It's a long, it's a very long, very complicated grayscale. So for for someone experiencing just, uh, you know, a a couple indices of of burnout, Introspection and small behavior changes uh, are likely all that's ever required uh, to sort of, you know, readjust the, the ship in the right direction. On the other hand, uh, if if that burnout has gone undetected or disguised or um, underappreciated for years, uh, you know, perhaps there's there's no simple way to 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 readjust the. Uh, the, the the course of the ship by oneself, and 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 you know probably um, probably that kind of person needs uh, much greater support, which may uh, come in the form of uh, professional mental health uh, or counseling. Um, and I would imagine in in only the rarest uh, circumstances would require um, you know time off of. Uh, time off of work, um, you know, w- w- within the within the realm of of understanding what it is that that we do, it's it's awfully difficult for anyone to take a sabbatical, say, you know, to to disappear for uh, six months um, just because you know they think it will make them feel better. Uh, it's it's easy to say that if you feel burnt out, sure, take six months off. But uh, at the end of the day, we, we still have to live within the confines of the laws of physics and reality in which we exist as surgeons. Uh, and, you know, we, we just can't do that. You just can't disappear and take off six months to, because you're not feeling right. Um, so the, the the solutions we offer need to be realistic and, and within the, uh, the context of, you know, that which is um, – physically possible, uh, uh, you know, in, in the world in which we exist. And the other last question for you is, you know, you mentioned the EAST survey, which, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to sit through your session at the last, the most recent scientific assembly. And what what findings 
not only surprised you the most in terms of the results that you saw from the EAST study, but also what do you think going forward, what role does EAST play in this? So uh, a couple of uh, very uh, surprising um, tidbits came from our survey. Our survey was not a burnout survey. We, 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 we certainly asked some uh, questions about burnout that uh, with the, with the uh, specific purpose of being able to benchmark uh, against other uh, surveys that had asked the, the same question. Uh, so we weren't just looking at, at, at the East membership to survey for burnout, although we did ask questions that allowed us to draw some of those conclusions. Uh, we, we were asking questions about the general lifestyle choices of our, uh, of our membership. And in terms of some, um, uh, some surprising things, um, I, I would have guessed, or we, we hypothesized at the, at the beginning of this, that um, uh, people generally regard acute care surgery as a stressful job. Uh, and we hypothesized that there were, there would be um, indices of burnout within our population, uh, or, or indices of burnout in the East population would be higher than that of, um, for example, our internal medicine colleagues for which we have uh, benchmark data. And as it turns out, that's not true. Um, you know, about a quarter of East members reported some, some indices of burnout. Uh, and an a, a extremely large um, survey of internal medicine uh, doctors, uh, uh, over a third of them reported burnout. So that says something about about uh, our career and our uh, our group. Um, perhaps it it means that um, those who choose acute care surgery as a job have self-selected to be somewhat resilient, or perhaps more introspective, or perhaps. Um, uh, have a personality type befitting counseling uh, of our peers, meaning we're not afraid to approach each other if, if something doesn't look right. Uh, we really don't know the answer to that, except to say that as a as a population of surgeons, um, we appear uh, more more res resilient to resisting uh, burnout than uh, internal medicine or even general surgeons on whole, for which we also have a, a, um, a, another large survey to, to serve as a benchmark. 40% uh, of general surgeons on whole report some indices of burnout, uh, so much higher than the East population. So uh, we were surprised by that, uh, pleasantly uh, surprised by that, I'll, I might add. Um, <laughs> Uh, and that's despite some uh, some disturbing, uh, uh, or I, I, maybe not disturbing, but um, some statistics that you might not imagine go along with resiliency. For example, uh, by and large, um, uh, East members take more night calls than regular general surgeons. Uh, by and large, get paid a little bit less. Um, uh, and, and, and despite having more call and getting paid less, uh, have better job satisfaction and uh, generally um, less burnout. Uh, so that, that says something about us as, as, as a population. Uh, and, and perhaps uh, on the downside, um, East membership uh, re reports 
uh, alcohol use that's higher than basically all the other populations that we used uh, as benchmark uh, populations. Uh, and now that again, we're, we're, we didn't administer a survey for alcoholism, just whether or not uh, <laughs> East membership um, um, uses alcohol, and uh, we certainly do at a higher rate than uh, than other groups. Um, it's unclear exactly uh, what what that says about us. And then, of course, finally, <laughs> um, it, it, we uncovered this uh, uh, this uh, gender disparity uh, that may not be directly related to uh, to burnout on whole, um, but may specifically be related to burnout among our East women surgeons, and um, that is. Uh, we, we found that um, East women are generally work more than East men, that is more hours per week. Uh, almost 30% of East women, uh, women members report uh, working more than 80 hours a week, whereas only 22% of our male surgeons report working more than 80 hours a week. And um, uh, uh, East women surgeons get paid less than East uh male surgeons, uh, and despite that, by the way, uh, the, the women report being, self-report being in better health than the men in a variety of indices. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a mishmash here of, uh, of data um, that makes a very complicated picture. Uh, so, and, and sometimes it's hard to understand uh, what's uh, pro-adaptive and what's maladaptive. Um, but what what is clear is that uh, there 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 are certainly some gender disparities uh that probably shouldn't exist and just like uh we need to acknowledge um uh the the occurrence of burnout in our population we should also be acknowledging that there are some gender disparities and uh and we we should meet and and destroy those in the same way that we would meet and destroy um um, uh, burnout uh, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that uh, some of those gender dis disparities may very well be leading uh, to burnout of our female East members. Um, so, uh, and then what, what should we be doing as as an organization? Uh, you know, that's uh, perhaps a, a, a question for the organization, um, but uh, it, you know. I think it's as a as a member of the organization. Uh, I think it's incumbent upon us as a group first to to acknowledge that it's there, uh, and uh, second um, to, to to lead the way in not being afraid to confront it. Uh, and that th th this session at uh, at this year's scientific assembly, uh, to my knowledge, was the first real. Uh, bold attempt to put this problem um, at at the forefront uh, of a discussion within our membership, uh, and um, I, I think we should continue to, to to carry that torch. Well, this was great, um, Stephanie. Do you have any other questions? No, I think we got them all. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much. I think you're right. I think East really kind of is leading the way in bringing this 
to the forefront and removing some of that stigma. So thank you again for all your work. We really yeah. appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Anything else?